This is the Frogcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Frogcast. We are here today to talk about the CQs. I can't even say it without laughing. 24-23 win over Kansas. Now, you know you just can't walk into Lawrence in front of 23,000 paid tickets and walk out with an easy win. And we've proven that the last several years. Horn Frogs escape with a win, relying on a handful of missed field goals late in the game from the Jayhawks in order to not have probably the most embarrassing loss since 2011 when we got beat by SMU. Oh, gosh. I don't even know where to start. Trey, what are you thinking a couple days after here? Well, going into this, you know, you know I I thought TCU was going to win the game because it, it is Kansas. And, you know, in the back of my mind, I was kind of expecting another close game for whatever reason it is. They play TCU close every single time they match up, and it's such a weird trend because it is a trend now. I mean, it's not just a fluke. It happens every single year, and so it's weird that that goes on, but it was just not a fun game to watch. Um, You know, the the Frogs' defense, you know, actually got some turnovers and – it was the offense that just could never really get it going. Um, and it's just, it's just, it was just an ugly game to watch. Kansas isn't great. And it's, it's terrible that I don't know that we're just, that we had to eke out a win against Kansas. And I, and there was a point there where I was thinking we were going to mess around and lose this game. Cause eventually the frogs are, if they continue, to do this against Kansas every single year, whether they just don't take them seriously or whatever the reason is, they're going to eventually get bitten by this and they're going to end up losing here in the next few years if this trend continues. Yeah, I don't know why it is that we we play so poorly against Kansas, but we've never played well against Kansas in five years in the Big 12. Somebody, I, I tweeted uh, about how bad it was to have that, that close law, a close win, and somebody replied, I can't remember who it was, and if you're listening, I'm sorry, but they're like, well, you know, we just don't match up with them well on personnel. And I'm like, uh, where? I don't know, are, are they just hoarding four-star recruits that we don't know about? But, yeah, that was that was not fun to watch. Daniel, what, what did you think watching the Frogs and the, and the Jayhawks this last Saturday? Well, I didn't get to watch it live. I uh, had a work event, but I guess – because I knew the outcome, I kind of followed along in a game thread. And so when I watched it uh, this afternoon, since I knew the outcome, uh, it wasn't as frustrating as it probably would have been. But it was still pretty bad. There were some, like, I want to say, oh, the defense looked better. They had some turnovers and, you know, sacks and this and that. But it's Kansas, so at, what does that mean? Maybe nothing. Um, it was just... You know, I don't. Kenny Hill did what he did. I don't understand why things can't come together better, especially against Kansas. But at the same time, I don't understand Kansas. I don't understand how that works uh, against the Frogs. But even in 2014, 
possibly the best team TCU's ever had, did the same thing, struggling up in Lawrence. So it's it's kind of a mystery, but it's very, very frustrating. Yeah, Frog fans will remember Chemicals Looper running back a punt to basically win that game. Without that punt return, we don't win that game. Without the, the missed field goal, we don't win that game this last Saturday. It's just a, it's like a, a, a comedy of errors whenever we play Kansas. And this is, this is the worst power five program in the country by a significant margin. I mean, I guess Purdue is, is nipping at their heels possibly, but this is a bad power five program that has almost zero institutional commitment to football. And we go out of our way to find a way to almost lose every single year. So, so it wasn't, go ahead, Trey. It's a little, yeah, little armchair quarterbacking here, second guessing, but what did you think about end of the game? Frogs kick the field goal. There's flag on Kansas. Field goal's good, so the frogs go up by one. Gary declines the penalty, and so uh, the frogs keep the points on the board. Kickoff, and that's when Kansas, you know, still has the chance to kick the 54 yarder at the end to win, which. That guy had the leg. He just didn't have it on on Mark. So, in my opinion, like I said, it's easy to second guess. I would have taken the points off the ball, off the board, ran the ball, get set up, kill more time off the clock, and and then kick another field goal. Or if you possibly, if Kansas, I guess maybe lets you score there, you go ahead and score the touchdown. I don't know. What was y'all's thoughts on how that played out? You know, I, I immediately thought that as as I saw the penalty uh, option come up and, and Patterson declined it. Two reasons I think it was the right thing for, for us to go the route we did. I guess three. The, you know, the old cliche is you never take points off the board. And um, I, I actually believe that. The, the second reason was, and this goes back to our kicker, you know, our kicking issues um, this season when you get inside about the 15, if you're not perfectly lined up, like you're kicking an extra point, the closer you are, the harder it is to kick that field goal. And, you know, with the clock running, I could see us getting stuck on the left hash with us having to send the field goal unit out there and him having to hit a chip shot at a weird angle that he's never done. I, I, I think that, I think, I think it's set the, you were setting the kicker up to fail there. I know you, we think we'd score a touchdown, but, you know, those are two coaching points, I guess, if, if I'm, if I'm orange short quarterback and just a pure fan point, if you can't shut down Kansas to not go 80 yards in a minute, then we, we shouldn't even be going to the a six and six bowl that if we can't trust our defense to keep them from going down the field to kick a field goal, then we don't deserve to be, then we didn't deserve to get the win. We got to, we got to step up and play better. And that last drive was embarrassing to be totally honest. That that's my reason why I think we, should, uh, we, we did the right thing, but I see exactly what you're saying. And I think there's a lot of valid points to that. Well, yeah, there's no guarantee they're going to score a touchdown at all. Uh, the, the way they're playing, the way the the line is playing, I, I have I have no faith. So I was perfectly fine with that. Just take what you can get. Yeah, you take what you can get and trust that uh, this defense that's been unable to perform all year will finally perform there. And we we caught a break. We missed. They missed a field goal. We got the win. Can can we all just go ahead and agree? that at one point in our program's history saying just win by one point was a great motto for a gutty team in conference USA. 
can we all agree that is such a garbage statement now because it still gets said and it gets thrown up in our face by our own fans. And here we are. We literally just won by one point. And it sucked. <laughs> I mean, it would have been worse to have lost. But that is, I, I mean, I'm just, you're, you're literally staring that cliche in the face with this game to win by one point, And it drives me nuts. Yeah, I get the saying. Um, and you're right. A win, you know, makes me feel a lot better today than a loss would have. But yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of, uh, of the saying I, I'd rather just like, let's go out there and, and kick their asses as, as bad as we can. So I don't know, but yeah, I, I get the saying though. And it is, it's a win. Uh, but I, yesterday I felt like this is just one of those games where the frogs won, but it almost kind of felt like they lost. Like it was not, it was not a, a fun win. It was not a win to be. No, the embarrassment of college football today because we let Kansas beat us. It just, it's yeah, it wasn't, wasn't a good game. No, it was not. And it would have been, at least we didn't lose, but man, that was a bad game. That was a bad game. You know, a couple of things pop up at me that I just want to, I want to do some quick hits here. I love you guys' feedback. Of course, TCU didn't score in the first quarter. Of course, TCU didn't score in the third quarter. We still are yet to play anything that resembles a, a complete game. It would be nice to score points in all four quarters. That's just me. So that 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 was dis- that was disappointing. Is that One, allowed to score points in all four quarters? I don't think yeah. it is. I think oh, it's okay. like one of those weird Tarrant County laws on the blue okay. books or the blue laws. So you can't buy beer on Sunday, and you have to you, can, you have to miss scoring in half of your quarters. So <laughs> yeah, it's disgusting. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're not scoring. We're not playing a complete game. And then I wrote this down just from my show notes last week, Trey. But you talked about how they there's no fire and there's no passion. And I, this isn't an indictment, but the, but fire and passion are a product of pride. And I don't see any of that from these from from so many players that I thought were going to be just catalysts to this team. And I, you know, I know we have two frustrating losses that are two plays away from being undefeated, but I do not see that um, that desire to take the bull by the horns and go 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 win this game, go take it from Oklahoma, go beat Arkansas. They just are going through the motions, and it is so disappointing to watch with all of this talent. And maybe we got our expectations too high, but this team is loaded with talent, and I do not see a passion that matches that. Do you think so, Trey? Yeah, I mean, you know, we're none of us here are really in a position to talk about leadership and who's a leader and whatnot because we don't see a lot of things. But you do see passion. You can see that on the field with the way players play and, you know, the way they – get excited for a big play or, you know, things like that. And, and it's, yeah, I don't see a lot of it either. And I don't know if it's entitlement or maybe, you know, there's those teams out there that you'll come across that they just play up to their level of competition or they play down to their level of competition. And uh, that's not a good thing, but maybe that's just is what it is with this team. I mean, you know, they go toe to toe with Arkansas, they go toe to toe with OU, but they also, you know, go toe to toe with SMU and Kansas and South Dakota state. And that's not a good thing. And that's one thing moving forward that I think coach Patterson really needs to instill on this group, especially is just, you can't take any team lightly. You can't, 
just coast through these games. There's there's good players on all these teams, especially on these games coming up. And if if they do play up to competition, maybe that's a good thing because there's a lot of really good teams coming up on the schedule. Um, so you know, maybe they will, you know, look good again and get some things going. But it's just it's it's weird to it's so weird to watch and. You know, I've been thinking about this, how we all kind of thought that this team was going to be good, um, you know, when when the Big 12 good, maybe even, you know, push for a playoff spot good. And it's not because, you know, it's because it's, it's not because we're just all homers. I mean, yeah, we do obviously skew our thoughts in all of that because we are huge TCU fans, but you know, you had Herb street before the year picking the frogs as one of his final four teams. You had other people that saw things. Stuart Mandel from Fox had us in the playoff. Yeah. Right. So there was other people that aren't connected to the program at all that looked at this roster and thought that good things could happen. And it's just, it's, this is one of the weirdest teams I've watched since I've been a TCU fan. It's just, they're just it's weird and you can't really put your finger on. I mean, you can, there's, there's issues and we're going to dive into more of the issues here coming up, but it's just weird. Yeah. It's just like one big, you know, I feel like I'm taking shots of anxiety as I watch this team. There's just a sense of fear. There, there's no loose. Nobody's playing loose. Nobody's playing with, with passion. And there's, it's just a lack of chemistry. There's clearly talent. There's clearly at times an offensive scheme that knows how to maximize that talent. But in terms of, of everything gelling on both sides of the ball, that seems to be what's lacking. And, you know, we're going to, we're going to armchair quarterback this thing to death, but I'm with you, Trey. This just feels weird. There is something off about watching this team is an experience. It was an experience of this season. I don't want to indict the team. There's just something that's unique about this. And I haven't quite been able to nail it down, but man, it's glaring. It is glaring. It's Dan Sharp. It's Dan Sharp. That's right. Blame it all on Dan Sharp. I've, 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 I've had to. I'm just like, well, I'm just going to have to pick that person to blame right now because, like Trey said, it's weird, but we can't put our finger on it. So for now, it's just all his fault. It's all it's all his fault. I say we fire Dan Sharp and um, bring back Dick Bumpus. I'm all for that. All right, Trey, why don't you walk us through? Do you think that there's a couple of key issues that might be at, at play here for the Frogs? Um, we're not going to you know, beat this to death. We're going to look, look going forward here in just a minute. But what do you think are the one or two key issues? The Frogs have a bye week. we got some time to heal. What, do you, what are two things that if you were the coach um, that you think we need to kind of readjust and make, make some, um, some changes to in order to be a, a more complete and consistent team going forward? Well, I was looking at some numbers, and one thing that is will kill the team, will kill a drive, will kill any kind of momentum you want to get going is penalties. The Frogs are 111th in penalties per game. They're averaging almost eight and a half penalties a game, which you can't obviously have that. You've got to be more disciplined. So you got to correct that because I think – you know, a lot of times, one, you know, like those false start or holding penalties, you get yourself in a hole there. So, you know, Frogs have been in third and long a lot, I feel like. And, um, 
you know, just like prime examples that end of that Oklahoma game, like you start the drive with a false start and then it's just like, it just like totally derails your plans because now on first down, you're looking at first and 15 or whatever. And so you've got to kind of adjust your play calling and all of that. Um, so I'd like to see that corrected. And then, you know, I'm not going to sit on here. Everybody, I th- feel like expects me still after that game um and he deserves criticism he wasn't good um one of his you know obviously worst games as a frog but you know i've harped on it man and it's the turnovers the frogs are 114th in interceptions this year with it's eight but i mean there's not a lot of teams that have thrown more interceptions than them. And like one of them is SMU. Like there's, you've got to correct the penalties. You've got to correct the turnovers. It just, those two things have got to be corrected. When you're playing behind the sticks at first and 20 or second and 18, that puts you in a spot where, you know, you're trying to make up yardage. You're trying to, you know, be able to at least get yourself in a better spot on third down. And that's when you're forcing crap. And that's when you're forcing, you know, the penalties, feed into the INTs. They're not, you know, 100% a cause, but they don't help. And so when you're trying to pick up yardage or make a big play, you know, sometimes I think Hill forces it in there. Sometimes I think the ball floats a little bit. And those two things are connected. There's absolutely no denying that. Those two things are connected. The 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 piece with the, with the penalties that I want to I want to jump off of is our offensive line is up there playing patty cake. I mean, that's how I feel. That is inconsistent and not strong offensive line play. And, you know, I, I can't imagine how Kyle Hicks would be running with, with a, with a, with the offensive line that was better than what we have right now. But, you know, I've seen former offensive linemen on Twitter that are calling out the offensive line. It's not being able to get the job done. And so I feel like that offensive line, when they're not blocking well, that's when you get these cheap, you know, block below the waist out in the open field, these cheap holding calls, these false starts. You only false start when you're worried about who you're going up against. And all those things, you know, can just contribute to a, a deficit in the offense. And few, you know, those penalties will fuel the INTs that uh, creates more problems. But the other problem I had with this whole game and that I think we're, we're going to have to address going forward and these uh, it's connected off of the offensive line, Kyle Hicks has to get the ball about every other play. That guy's got to have 30, 40 touches. I know there was a really good article on Frogs of War about that. You've got to get the ball in Kyle Hicks' hand because right now he's the only sense of consistency we have in the offense. It's not the passing game. We don't have a one go-to receiver. I feel good about our receiver's production, but we don't have one go-to guy. Kyle Hicks has got to be the man, and we've got to get the ball in his hands as many times as we can. Daniel, you see anything that um, we got to address during the the bye week here to get ready for West Virginia? Well, I I had a whole rant about the O-line kind of, but you you pretty much covered what I was going to say. The, I think the holdings are the most frustrating. Um, And I just don't get it. I don't get why they can't open up a hole. They can't seem to do anything. Uh, and it's not a size issue. Those guys are huge. Um, I just I don't quite get it. Um, so anyway, that's that's what I'll say for for that. Um, the other issues, uh, I, I it's it's the substitutions and the play calling. I don't really feel qualified to really critique it or criticize it, but this it's. it's 
been like six games now, and it doesn't quite always feel right. There's always something goofy, like uh, three and one and throwing up a fade or something. Uh, just off, you know. It's it's not like it used to be. It's just strange kind of plays. Um, can't open up a hole. It's like I don't know. It's it's it feels like there's kind of a mistrust between coaching and players. I don't know if that's right. I don't want to make that a, a speculation, but I don't know. It's it's just a it's it's part of the whole package of it just being weird. Yeah, I concur with you about that, and especially about the, you know, the play climb. That just all goes back to the larger issue of, of things not quite clicking. So I'd be curious what's going on inside the locker room. I'd be curious to know what's going on inside of the coaches' meeting and the practice field. And I sure hope we make the most of this a bye week. We've got two weeks to get ready for West Virginia. We're going to Morgantown. That is never an easy place to play. We've had a game that ended on the last play by Overcrome kicking the game winner and in double overtime with Josh Boyce catching that pass. So that, that's, that's our journey to West Virginia. We have, we have two games that always end on the last play. So hopefully we can be prepared for them because they, they're in, that's a dang good team. West Virginia is carrying the water for the big 12 right now. So, well, Trey, did you see anything else along not only the Big 12, but national college football this last weekend? We had Texas. We had Oklahoma, we had the Texas-Oklahoma game. We had a Houston, a whole bunch of other stuff. Anything else you saw that caught your eyes as a college football fan? Yeah, I was uh, didn't obviously get to see a lot of Texas LU just because our game was going on at the same time. And so I was flipping over there like during commercials and whatnot to just check in on that. Um, the... I, so I didn't see a lot of that game. I, I kind of expected OU to win. Um, but the thing is, I don't know if you saw, I saw after the game, Baker Mayfield, like I think it was on Instagram, posted a picture of him in a gold cowboy hat, like kind of like the one that uh, Charlie Strong, I guess, wore last year after they, after Texas won. And he's, that guy's just... I just cannot stand that kid, and he drives me crazy. Uh, but uh, I was uh, I was also so excited to see Navy pull off that upset. I only got to watch the last few minutes of that one, but that uh, was great. I'm just I just don't want to. I did not want to see Houston make the Final Four. That would have just eating me up inside. So I'm glad that they got knocked out uh, by Navy. That's a great win for them. And uh, game I watched a lot of was that Tennessee, Texas A&M game. That was a really good game. Uh, was hoping Tennessee could have pulled that one out, but uh, that was a good win for the Aggies. Um, so we'll see if they can uh, keep that going or if their annual, you know, fall off the cliff and start losing uh, tradition begins again. But, Aggies look pretty good. Yeah, Aggies look pretty good. That was a good win. That was a that was a that was a good win over Tennessee. I thought I thought the Aggies were going to give it away, but they found a way to win. So that was a good game. I did watch a you know back and forth on the Red River Shootout. I did flip over and watch the last part of that. So yeah, that that's a I mean it's it's a stupid cliche, but the 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 records are really pointless in that game as history has proven, especially these last few years. So I, I, it was probably uh, just enough for Carly, Charlie Strong to keep his job another week. But now that Houston is lost and Herman's not going to be coaching in the playoff, 
he can take that job on Thanksgiving weekend after they fire Charlie Strong. So I wouldn't be surprised that the next big loss, Charlie Strong gets fired because they're, that is a mess down there in Austin as far as I'm concerned. The other game I watched that was kind of fun was the Texas Tech-Kansas State game. Kansas State won that game. Tech uh, recovered an onside trying to get a playoff there at the end, and um, somebody basically uh, uh, knocked the ball out of Mahomes' hand before he could launch one to the end zone. But Kansas State, man, mark it down. That's going to be an ugly game. That's the last game of the season. They're going to come on with like a red shirt walk-on freshman quarterback, and he's going to run that veer option, and they're going to put up 42 points. That was a good Kansas State game, Um, a good win for Kansas State against Texas Tech. I feel bad for Mahomes a little bit, and I normally don't feel bad for anybody that plays for Texas Tech, but if he was on any other team, honestly, I mean not any other team, not Kansas or something like that, but if he was on a decent team, if he was on – Texas, Oklahoma, Ole Miss, some, you know, just a decent team. He could, he could, I think people would talk about him for the Heisman. I don't know. I just think he's a really good player and he just ended up in, in Lubbock, which is unfortunate. But do you think, is there at some point that coach bro gets on the hot seat? Because it's, it's just, they're continuously every year. Don't seem to get any better. You know, they just got the same story every year. If you're a quarterback, I see why you want to play for Coach Bro. I mean, these people were coached by uh, by Kingsbury, Manziel, uh, Baker Mayfield, Mahomes, uh, uh, Davis Webb out of Cal. All of these people played underneath uh, Cliff Kingsbury. He knows how to create. He knows how to recruit and develop and set up the thrive quarterbacks. But he his that defense is just a sieve. They they have. Almost, it's almost as if that's an afterthought. It makes Mike Leach look like he's so focused on defense. So, I think his, I think he could be on the hot seat. But you know, Texas Tech fans don't want to hear this. They gotta, they have to have some self awareness of where they are in the pecking order. I mean, I the way that people don't want Houston, I think we have hurt and Baylor have hurt Tech the most, and um, them not being able to basically be the number three team in the conference anymore because um, that's what it was. I mean, it was Tech right behind Texas and Oklahoma for a while there when they were humming and it, it, they are, they have come down the line on the pecking order of recruiting. And if you're a kid that's in, you know, Waco or a Burleson and you're a four star or a high three star, and you can go to TCU or Baylor or Oklahoma state or tech, why would you go to tech? <laughs> right. So yeah. I think, yeah. Why would you go voluntarily go spend, spend four years in Lubbock? And then if you're if you're a defensive player, why would you go there? They don't have any any commitment to defense, so you, I think uh, he, could, he could be on the hot seat. Yes, short answer. You mentioned um, old Mike Leach. They pulled out a good win over Stanford, which I don't know what's going on with that Stanford team either. They have all kinds of issues, and uh, staying in the Pacific Northwest, I have been extremely impressed with Washington. I think they're for real. Oh, they laid the wood Dude, to the Ducks. I like watching this Washington team. Like, the last two games I've watched them play, they're fun. They, their defense seems to fly around. I don't know. It reminds me, like, of, an, of a TCU from a couple years ago or something. They're, I think they're legit, and they, they're going to come out of the Pac-12, I think. They just destroyed Oregon. I mean, that, that 70 to 21. This, I guess this is kind of the freeing thing. 
when when we were kind of had that pseudo rivalry with Boise State, both both basically fighting for one bowl spot most years, and then finally playing them in regular season at eleven. You know, you didn't want to like Chris Peterson because he was your rival, but you knew this guy is an amazing coach. And he goes out there to Washington, takes a couple of years to be average, and then he's just got a machine rolling. They're gonna. I would love. I would love to see Washington get into the playoff and beat Alabama or beat Ohio State. I would. I would be if Washington gets in the playoff and there's not going to be a Big Twelve team. I'm. I'm, I'm behind Washington all the way because those guys are bosses. I love oh, Washington. Yeah. But yeah. Daniel, did you get to see anything? Um, I know you said you were working. Did you get to see anything else Saturday evening for college football? Uh, yeah, I did watch the. Uh... Washington State uh, game. Watch the old pirate there, knock down nice. Stanford, and um, I agree uh, with uh, Washington is just kind of I don't want to say came out of nowhere, but in a lot of ways they did, uh, and just are killing it. So, uh, they destroyed Oregon, so they suck now. Um, Stanford is just looks like crap, so I I, I can see Washington winning the Pac-12. And I would love for them to go to the playoff, and I would just, oh, if they could beat Ohio State or Alabama, just shut that noise up, please. And um, famous, that'd be great. Uh, the other game I, I kind of watched some yesterday was Iowa State. Um, they didn't, ha- they didn't get to pull it off, but they're looking really good. And I'm, as everyone's been saying, oh, we're glad we, you know, got to play them early and uh, ran off with a W, but. Um, I'm really impressed uh, what what's happening because that's been such a doormat for so long. Yeah, they look good against Oklahoma State, and they look good against Baylor the week before. Yeah, they're trending in the right direction. They they maybe can get it turned around. Maybe not this year. Maybe not next year. But if they they seem to be playing hard for that new coach. Yeah, I like that new coach Campbell. I like him. Yeah, if you if you're into um, games of chance, uh, the Vegas line opened with oh, Texas as an 11 point favorite against Iowa State this weekend. I would I would go put some money on that game if I was a gambler. I think Iowa State covers that game, if not if if not wins. And I will probably have that thrown up in my face by Texas fans next week. Speaking of Texas fans, Trey, do you have that guy that's created about 87 different Twitter accounts to bother you that's a Texas fan wanting to know why Jeff is such an idiot on the Frogcast? Have you, have you know that guy? <laughs> no, I don't think I've seen that. Oh, uh, he's 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 in your feed. He was in your feed because you mentioned my name twice without uh, putting an at to me, and I was trying to tag you in a post, and I was on your page, and I saw that it was him. He has he has created I don't know how many. I'm not even joking. I bet he's created 20 different accounts that I blocked that are one screenshot of a quote I made about how Texas's recruiting class wasn't very good, and two weeks before signing day it wasn't. It was not good, and he has. Uh, I gotta, I gotta give him an A for for persistence. He has gone out of his way to bug the living shit out of me consistently on Twitter. So as long as he doesn't show up at my doorstep, I'm gonna just, you know, let the guy have some fun. So yeah, all right, that's enough of that. But yeah, Twitter is a place for creeps. I'll just, I'll just go ahead and make sure that that is known out there. Yeah, one other game that I did want to highlight going into next week, just because you mentioned it, Trey, about Washington State, but um, Washington State hosts UCLA. This weekend, I'm going to go ahead and go ahead and pick Washington State to beat UCLA. And I, I don't think there's a more overrated program and more overrated coach and quarterback than UCLA, Jim Mora, and Josh Rosen. They, those guys are just duds. They have not uh, delivered at all. So I would not be surprised to see Wazoo get a big win against UCLA. Yeah, I uh, 
I would like to see that. I'm with you. Uh, UCLA and like Georgia are kind of my two that every every year, every time somebody tries to build up hype for them, I just I can never buy into it because they always just under underperform and never live up to the hype. But I feel like I've been I have a friend that went to Washington State, so I've been watching a lot more of their games and uh, talking with him about their team and whatnot. And yeah, I wish I I thought. Leach was going to like finally maybe get it all together this year, but they, you know, they had that, they lost like Eastern Washington or something like that earlier in the year. Uh, But it'd be nice to see them beat UCLA for sure. Yeah. I'd be all for that. Notre Dame lost too. I can't believe that. That was fun. That was hilarious. That was hilarious. Such a, such a tiny little score scoring game to NC state, you know, big bad Notre Dame, uh, Texas is back, folks, and all that nonsense. They suck. <laughs> they do. Speaking of sucking, how about Rutgers? Jesus, they got oh. manhandled. They did. They had, like, I, you know, former frog, Zach Allen, who was a grad transfer to Rutgers. I think he had, like, four yards passing and negative 17 yards rushing or something ridiculous like that. They, I don't even know if Rutgers had 100 yards of offense. That was a beatdown. Yeah, that was brutal. Here's another game that people paid money for, and I hope they got their money back when it went into overtime. Purdue, Illinois. Purdue won 34-31 to 31 in a game that went into overtime. And I would like to know, um, do you get like do you get to deduct that for like mental health uh, issues you have to deal with because you went to that game? That was that I can't believe some of these games that these Big Ten teams have that are getting these big ticket uh, checks from ESPN. Purdue, Illinois. That's a game you should just be glad you didn't have to sit through. Can't say I checked in on that one at all. <laughs> you don't have the Big Ten Go app ready to ready to roll. <laughs> no. I only knew no. about the Rutgers game because it was such a beating. Other than that, that's so yeah. under the radar. Oh yeah, nobody oh. wants to watch that. Yeah, that's a uh, this. We're gonna totally derail it here. People keep bringing up there's no great teams to add for the Big Twelve. What, why in the hell does the Big Ten get a, a, a pass for adding Rutgers in Maryland? Do they get a, like a pat on the back for adding Rutgers? There is, and, but BYU is a team you can't add, or Houston's a team that'll water the conference down. I just I can't believe that crap. Rutgers is is in the Big Ten. There are there that is that is just not right. <laughs> Here's the stats. I did want to mention them for Rutgers: thirty-nine yards of total offense. That's what they had. 39 yards of total offense, five passing yards. God, that's bad. <laughs> that's really bad. <laughs> All you need is a penalty on an extra point where you go for two and complete the pass to have more passing yards. That's, <laughs> that's sad. <laughs> All right, Trey, I'm going to put you on the hot seat here to wrap up. The Frogs have just, a, um, they got the bye week coming up, of course. And then we have several, and then we have the week off, and then we kind of get into the meat of conference play. And so the Frogs, after this bye week, have at West Virginia, home against Tech, at Baylor, week off, home against Oklahoma State, at Texas, and then close up with hosting Kansas State on championship weekend. The Frogs right now are four and two. After those six games, what do you think and predict will be TCU's final record to end the season? Well, just going through them real quickly, I do think that we lose to West Virginia. Um, 
it's just that's going to be a hard game, and I think West Virginia has improved this year. Then uh, Tech, and then um, I think we beat Tech and Baylor, and I think we beat Texas also. Uh, and I'm thinking losses against Oklahoma State, Kansas State. So uh, lose, I guess what lose three and uh, win three of the remaining. And I don't necessarily have a reason. I think the tech game is just going to be a shootout and we're at home. So that's an advantage. I think we'll, we'll get up for Baylor. That's a rivalry game. Um, And, uh, and I just think we, we've always played Texas fairly well since we've been in the big 12. And uh, I, I don't think they're very good. They're, they're kind of like we are right now. So, I think we lose those three. <laughs> to me, Kansas State's kind of a toss-up, but I'm going to say they finish the season three and three. Okay. Well, that puts us at seven and five, and probably puts us in the in Memphis in the Liberty Bowl, playing Mississippi State. So that's not bad. <laughs> it could be worse. Wolf. It, I know. Wow. I, you know, the only upside of that is if we go to the Liberty Bowl, I, I can I'll be I'll probably go to that game. So. That's the only upside. All right, Daniel, West Virginia, Texas Tech, Baylor, Oklahoma State, Texas, KSU. Walk me through. Do we beat West Virginia, win or loss? Uh, I don't think. Save for some kind of a miracle. I mean, our only real chance is we get a bye week. Um, But (laughs) I just don't have any confidence right now. I I have a feeling West Virginia takes takes that one away easily. Um, All right, Tech. Tech, I feel like we should win. Um, probably going to be high scoring, but yeah, I think um, we we run away with that one. Baylor, that's tough. Um, it's going to be uh, the first game back down at McLean since uh, the most important game in the history of college football uh, two years ago. Uh that's that's tough. I, I, I'm going to say that's a win, but so many things could happen between now and then. I really don't know. But I'll go with the and win. And Oklahoma State, go with the win. Good. Oklahoma State, you got a loss there. You agree with yeah, Trey? That's a loss. Got a loss at home to Oklahoma State. What about Texas on Black Friday? Uh, the more I see Texas play, the more confident I am that we can pull that off. So I'm going to say we beat Texas. And then the end of the season against Coach Schneider. I think Kansas State is going to uh, beat the living crap out of us. Oh man! I know it. They're, they're uh, they just they're just these Midwest corn-fed guys that just push everybody around. And if we're getting pushed around by Kansas, Kansas uh-huh. State's going to do it that much worse. All right. Well, you and Trey agree. You both got us uh, predicted basically the same and have us going seven and five. Yeah, I guess I'm going to flip it. I think we're going to beat West Virginia. I think we get a W there, but I think we're going to lose the Tech. I think we're going to beat Baylor. I think we're going to beat Oklahoma State. I think we're going to beat Texas. And then I think we're going to lose to Kansas State. So I guess I got one more win than you guys. I got us going eight and four. So not necessarily what I thought we would be at the beginning of the season. Not what we thought we would be a couple weeks ago. But eight and four is what we were staring down the barrel of. So could be worse. Could be a heck of a lot better. Something that 
I thought about earlier today is that in a season and a half, we're going to play Ohio State. Um, they better get it together quick because yeah, that's going to be embarrassing. Yeah, I've I've been thinking about that game too, and um, one I'm I'm excited for that series, but I'm with you. Is nice. Um, I don't know having Kenny Hill in as much as people think I hate him. I don't hate him that much. I just wish he wouldn't turn the ball over so much. But I wish that there was a freshman on the roster right now that was good enough where he we could kind of take a couple lumps these next two years but get him some experience and then he'd be ready for Ohio State in 18 and 19 so I think that's a little bit disappointing because I mean it's looking like you know we'll have Hill this year next year and then yeah who's going to be our quarterback in 2018 um I really want to beat those clowns because I hate Ohio State so bad. But I don't know. There's a lot of things up in the air. Obviously, things could – who knows? Sean Robinson could turn into a beast or, you know, whatever might happen. Uh, but, yeah, it is kind of a little unfortunate that – I don't know. They do. I agree, Daniel. They got to get it turned around here pretty quick. Yeah. You mentioned Sean Robinson. For those of you that are in Texas and can get a chance, go out and watch him play at DeSoto High School. Uh, it's one of those situations where it's not fair. He's got so many weapons on his team. They got they could they could probably have a a, 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 a gang of five roster with a recruitment class that they would be able to produce from their team. But he is a stud, and he is committed to TCU. And I, I think he's going to be an early enrollee and be in the spring. And he he's the future. I mean, we got you know Kenny Hill is the bridge to the Sean Robinson era. So I know it's high school. I know everybody looks good on their highlight tapes that they put together for Huddle. But my gosh, Sean Robinson is built to run this offense. He's big. He's mobile. He's got a cannon for an arm, and he knows how to take the ball and run and do some amazing things on the field. So I sure hope that he can. Um, I sure hope that he's going to be able to come in early, like they say, and get a get a, get a year of experience in 2017 under his belt and then be ready to take over the offense in 2018. Cause if we get three good years out of Sean Robinson, I think those are going to be three, three electric years. So hopefully that comes together, but man, I agree. It's, it, we don't have any depth at quarterback at the moment, in my opinion. So we got to get that rolling. All right, fellas, after what was just kind of one big emoji shrug weekend for frog fans, we got the win. It's over. Anything else you guys want to share or hash through before we wrap up? No, I think we hit it all. I, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be an interesting second half of the season. That's for sure. Cause yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what to expect out of any game. Honestly, don't know if we're going to get blown out or if we're going to win, who knows? We'll just take it game by game. Yeah. Anything else on your mind before we wrap up, Daniel? Uh, not really. It's, <laughs> it's just it's so it's weird that you come away from a win and you feel worse than you do when you lost to like Oklahoma um it's just I, I guess maybe one of the worst parts is we just have no idea what 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 exactly is wrong there's you know some coachable errors and things like that to that you can 
fixed, but for the most part, it's like where's like you were saying the 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 passion or the fire and all that. There's none of that. They don't seem all that focused, and I don't know what you do about it. Uh, so it just feels like uh, you know I almost wanted them to lose actually yesterday, just because I was hoping that would spark some kind of fire under them under Gary Patterson to shake things up something, you know. But at the same time, I don't want to lose, but it was. Uh, it was just so rough. Yeah, I think I think the most important thing in these next two weeks is is to is to figure out what it's going to take to put together a complete game against West Virginia. You know, I, I think maybe some of this pressure is off of you know the playoff or the conference title, and maybe that never should have been there in the first place. I think we're all kind of coming around to that. But if we can go and comp- play a complete game and beat West Virginia. There's no reason we can't go on a run at the end of the season. There's no reason we can't win four or five of these last six games. There's nobody on there that scares me. This just there's nothing that we've seen from what the team produces that we think is going to be able to match those kind of four, five, or six win results. So I think if we can go out and and, and have a, a strong win and play a strong game against West Virginia, that's gonna that's going to determine the rest of the season. I think this is the kind of the, 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 the fulcrum on which the rest of the season has the potential to flip in the right way. But if we go out there and get the, the doors blown off us against West Virginia and have to come back and get in a track meet against Tech and then go to Baylor, that's, a, that's going to suck. So I'm really looking forward to see what kind of team we can put on the field. And this is going to be, a, this is going to be an interesting time for Patterson. He's going to have to see what he can get out of this team over the next two weeks. And it's all going to be on display because if, if West Virginia beats Tech this week, I guarantee you game day will have will be at Morgantown again because they're going to try to get it out of the way with the one undefeated team left in the Big 12 of note, which is West Virginia. They're the only ones that has any shot at a playoff. So it's going to be a big game there in Morgantown if, if they can if they can beat uh, the Red Raiders this weekend. So you don't think game day will go to Tennessee for a fourth time already? No, I don't. They might, they might go to Tennessee, but they're not going to Waco is what I'm saying. They're no. not going to Waco. Yeah, they're not going to go. They're going to avoid Waco like the plague, like every good red-blooded American should. Unless you want to, like, flip a house or, you know, get VD at a truck stop or something. So. Or rape. <laughs> that is also... Uh, <laughs> we, we never talked about the Title IX officer. I guess, I guess I've reached a point where I don't have any... Uh, any more comments on all that and i sure don't uh, laugh at uh, what's going on there but man that is that is a you could not have written a script that i would have believed if it was like this i would not have believed if somebody wrote that out so all right guys we are going to wrap it up that is our summary of the of the weekend here with kansas with the frogs getting the 24-23 win next week we'll be back after a bye week hey we won't be able to talk talk about how depressed we are with a close win or a close loss we'll be able to breathe deeply and get ready to get uh, get into things at morgantown so so for daniel southern and trey fallon i'm jeff mitchell thanks for listening to the frogcast